Hey, creeps and geeks. Dear God. Today's vault murder is the story of room 1046. A story of infidelity, cheating, and mystery. Are you ready? Let's get into it. On Wednesday, January the 2nd, 1935, around 1.20 p.m., a man calling himself Roland T. Owen checked into the hotel present in Kansas City. A few days later, his body was found badly beaten and tortured in his hotel room. The events surrounding his death caused a lot of speculation. Witnesses said he was aged anywhere from 20 to 35, had brown hair, a scar on his scalp, and was dressed very nicely. The bellboy who helped Owens to his room ran off probes reported that Owens only packed a brush, comb, and toothpaste. Throughout his stay, the hotel made Mary Soaptic said Owens allowed her to clean while he was in the room. She recalled Owens keeping the shades tightly drawn and the lights off with the exception of one dim lamp. He uh, asked that she not lock the door on her way out because he was expecting company. She told police that she believed that Owens was worried or scared of something. At 4 p.m., Soaptic returned um, with new towels and found Owens laying on the bed in complete darkness. She also found a note on the nightstand that read, Don, I will be back in 15 minutes. Wait. The next day, Softa came back to clean the room at around 10.35 a.m. She noticed that the door had been locked from the outside, assuming that Owens locked it while leaving. However, Owens was sitting on his bed with the lights off, which meant someone else had locked the door from outside. While she was still in the room, Owens answered a phone call and said, No, Don, I don't want to eat. I'm not hungry. I just had breakfast. When Softa came back at around 4 p.m. to deliver fresh towels, she heard two male voices from the room. When she knocked on the door, she heard a rough voice say, Who is it? She then explained she had fresh towels, and Mr. Man responded with, We don't want any. The next morning at around 7 a.m., the hotel phone operator noticed that Owens' hotel phone had been off the hook for a while without being in use. She sent a bellboy to check his room. Despite the room having a do not disturb sign, the bellboy knocked a few times and heard a low voice say, Come in, turn on the lights. However, the door was locked and no one was opening it. After knocking repeatedly, the bellboy told Owens to put the phone back on the hook. Around 8.30 a.m., the phone was still off the hook. Another bellboy, Harold Pike, let himself into the room with a passkey. He only used the light from the hallway and noticed that Owens was naked in bed, seemingly drunk. He also noticed that the bedding was darkened around Owens, so he placed the phone back on the hook and left. At approximately 10.30 to 10.45 a.m., the phone was once again off the hook. The hotel sent another bellboy to resolve the situation. But when he opened the door, he stumbled upon a truly horrific scene. Here was a statement to the police. When I entered the room, this man was within two feet of the door on his knees and elbows, holding his head in his hands. I noticed blood on his head. I then turned the light on. I looked around and saw blood on the walls, on the bed, and in the bathroom. This frightened me, and I immediately left the room and went downstairs. Owen was discovered with extensive injuries. He had been tied up with a cord around his neck, wrist, and ankles. His skull was fractured. He had been stabbed in the chest several times, and his lung was punctured. Remarkably, Owen was somehow still alive. One of the detectives that arrived on the scene asked Owen if anyone else had been inside the room. His response was nobody. He claimed that he fell against the bathtub. After that brief exchange, he lost consciousness and was taken to the hospital. According to a doctor, his injuries had occurred six to seven hours prior to him being discovered. Owen died the night of January the 5th at the hospital. Detectives found no weapons or any of Owen's belongings in the room and ruled out suicide. Four fingerprints were found on the hotel telephone, potentially from a female. When Owen initially checked into the hotel, he mentioned he was from Los Angeles. But when LA authorities searched for Roland T. Owens, they couldn't find any records. His body was placed for viewing at Melody McGilley Funeral Home. As the story spread, more and more people reached out to Kansas City authorities to see if their missing loved one could be Owen. But there were no leads. When police tried to search for the mystery man that was said to be Owen's, said to be in Owen's room that night of his death, Don, they found no leads. Murders from the Vault is sponsored by the Thirst Quenching. Satisfying. Sprite. You'd kill for a taste of this. See what I did there? Oh, dear God. Anyways, remember if you get that urge, just grab a can of Sprite and relax. 
Owen's upcoming burial was announced by the Kansas City Journal Post on March 3rd to be in a potter's field. However, the Melody McGilley Funeral Home received an anonymous caller who said they would send money necessary for a proper funeral. Sure enough, on March the 23rd, money bundled up in the newspaper was delivered to the funeral home. Anonymous flowers were also arranged along with a note that wrote, Love Forever, Luis. About a year and a half later, in 1936, a woman named Ruby Ogletree found an article in the American Weekly looking at the magazine. Ruby correctly identified Owens as her son, 17-year-old Artemis Ogletree. Ruby had received three letters from her son in the spring of 1935. However, the letters were delivered after his death and were typed, which was suspicious because Artemis didn't know how to type. After some time, it was revealed that Artemis stayed in another hotel in Kansas with another man. Some suspected that man was the mysterious Don. And in the early 2000s, Dr. John Horner, the author of an account of the murder case published by the Kansas City Public Library, received an out-of-state call about Artemis. The caller claimed to find a Boston newspaper articles about the murder. After that, the case would have no other relations. Now, let's get into the theories. The first theory is that the man named Don beat Artemis to death and acted alone. The second theory is that the unknown Don didn't act alone. This theory relates back to an observation by Charles Blocker, the elevator operator the night of the murder. The night of the murder, Blocker saw a commercial woman go to the 10th floor. Blocker claimed that the woman was looking for room 26 to meet a man she couldn't find. Could it be possible this woman was looking for Artemis and accidentally mistaken room 26 for room 1046? This woman was also seen with a man, and some speculate the man could have been Don. If you recall, there were fingerprints on the telephone found in Artemis' room, and a woman staying in room 1048 heard fe- loud female and male voices yelling. The third theory is that Ogletree was killed for being unfaithful. According to an article published in the Newcastle Sun, Mystery Murder Room 1046, states that a woman called a local paper to say, you have a story in your paper that is wrong. Roland Owens will not be buried in a proper's field. Arrangements have been made for his funeral. But when asked to identify herself and what happened to Ogletree, she replied with never mind. I know what I'm talking about. He got into a jam. At the same time, a man called the funeral parlor Ogletree was held in and said, don't bury Owens in a pauper's grave. I want you to bury him in Memorial Park Cemetery. Then he will be near my sister. I'll send funds to cover the funeral expenses. The man also explained Owens had jilted a girl he was engaged to. In room 1046, Owen, a man, and the jilted girl had a little meeting. Before hanging up, he said cheaters usually get what's coming to them. Shortly after, the Block Rock Floral Company receives a call requesting 13 American Beauty Roses sent to Roland Owens' funeral. I'm doing this for my sister. Leaving a dead end regarding what happened to Artemis that fateful night. Other than that, the mysterious death of Artemis Ogletree has been left to collect dust on the shelves of investigators. To this day, there is no possible lead on what truly happened to room 1046, leaving the case unsolved. That one, that was like, I don't know, a whole, I don't know. That was doozy. That's that's what that was. Oh my dear God. But uh, join us next time for Murder from the Vault.